Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Elaine D., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is today's June 14th, 2017, and today we're reading from the big book, page 54, the second paragraph. We're reading four paragraphs. Um, starting with imagine life without faith and ending with our facts as old as man himself. Today's readers are Christine M. I believe Melanie C. will do the 12 traditions today, Mary H. and Sherry K.B. The reference number for yesterday's meeting is one zero. 015, um, and that would be, I'm so sorry, uh, let's see, <laughs> I lost my place here. I want to double check this number, um, and Melanie, maybe you can correct me if I have, have it incorrect. The uh, meeting number for, yes, Wednesday, June 13th at 10 a.m. is 10037. Thank you, Melanie. And uh, the meeting code for this morning's meeting at 7 a.m. for Wednesday, June 14th is 10039. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Christine M. to read the 12 steps. Yes, hello everyone. My name is Christine M., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Missouri. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Christina. I will now ask... Melanie Steve, to read the 12 Traditions. Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Elaine. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those that are serving, who they serve, excuse me. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thanks so much, Melanie C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask you to keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 54, starting with the second paragraph, Imagine Life Without Faith, and reading four paragraphs through our facts as old as man himself. I will ask Mary H. to begin reading, please. Good morning. This is Mary H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Imagine life without faith. Were nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life. But we believed in life. Of course we did. We could not prove life in the sense that you can prove a straight line as the shortest distance between two points. Yet, there it was. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling on to a destiny of nothingness? Of course we couldn't. The electrons themselves seemed more intelligent than that, at least at least so the chemist said. Hence, we saw that reason isn't everything. Neither is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable, though it emanate from our best minds. What about people who prove that man could never fly. Yet we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world, people who rose above their problems. They said God made these things possible, and we only smiled. We had seen spiritual release, but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. Actually, we, we were fooling ourselves, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured, by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things. But in some form or other, it is there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. Okay, so, wow. I was uh, a little nervous for some reason about sharing on these paragraphs this morning. 
feeling a little pressure to be really profound and know exactly what God is all about. <laughs> and I think that's exactly, well, for me, is sort of what this is saying is that there's there's reason, and I certainly have a have a faith in reason, and can understand science and love having facts and and um, you know things that are solid for understanding, but then faith is something very different, and. Um, and and reason, as we've read before, can take us quite far. You know, I mean, that's why I came into this program and was willing to do this work was out of reason. I had seen, just like we saw in this, see in this paragraph, that there were people that found spiritual liberation and rose above their problems. And I said, okay, well, that looks good for them. And, you know, I smiled and I, I didn't really believe it, but I was in so much pain, of course, that I was willing to try. And um, where am I going with this? So it's just, I, I feel like I've come from a place of so much disbelief in spiritual power, or at least that it would work for me, that I, I can't even really explain. Like, I, I feel like I need to defend it sometimes like someone would say well why does that work or why do you believe in God and I I just don't even want to go there anymore I just feel like um, I will talk about it but essentially I just see it in my experience that I followed these this outline to be free from a terrible obsession and that was my motive and what I got was was this spiritual liberation. And I just know it worked for me. I don't know why. And I know it worked for other people. And I can't really totally explain it. And um, yeah, it's just really powerful stuff. And I think I will pass at that. And thank you for letting me read. Thank you, Mary H. So we will open up for others who'd like to comment on what Mary just read. Would anybody like to share? Rose M. Sue G. Gina R. Anyone else? Elizabeth P. Ashley P. Wendy M. Okay, hold on just a minute. Um, I'm gonna ask some of you to share your first initial of your last name when you share. I have Roz and Suji, Gina R, Elizabeth, Ashley, and Roz. I thought I heard one more person. Wendy M. Wendy M. Okay. That'll be great for this share. And um, Rose N, please go ahead. Hi. Um, this is Rose M. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater um, from the Philadelphia area. Um, thank you for your service, moderator. And um, I just... Um, when I first looked at this chapter, um, when I first cracked open the big book and I saw the title, The Agnostics, um, I thought, like, wow, that doesn't apply to me. You know, I um, grew up with a set of beliefs. Um, I identify as Christian. Um, and, you know, what I started realizing when I started reading the chapter is that, um even though I, I had these beliefs, um, even though I, I said I did, um, there were parts that I, um, there were parts that I wasn't really applying to my life. Um, in other words, there were parts that I kind of kept hidden. There were things that were isolated. There were parts of me um, that I didn't really believe God could heal. Um, so, you know, functionally, um, I, I do believe I was agnostic. Um, I didn't, I didn't always believe that God could, could heal me, um, until I met, um, other recovered fellows, um, and started hearing their stories. Um, and, you know, that, um, that made such a difference, just hearing what other people have been through and even hearing that, um, 
you know, despite being recovered, that hasn't made people's lives perfect and completely easy after that. Um, Like when I hear that people have, you know, real life problems to go through and they're they're still in touch with our higher power and they're still they still have this sense of calm and they're not going back to the food that that really hammered it home to me um because um because life is <laughs> life is messy <laughs> life is messy and um you know the other thing that I wanted to um bring up is um that I think I used to look at God as like this big thing in the sky that um, when I asked for things that, you know, he was supposed to just kind of, you know, make life good and make life comfortable. Um, But one thing um, that I, one thing that I realized is that, you know, if we reduce God to that, um, then that's, that's really reducing God. Um, so that's just reducing God to an entity that just gives us everything we want. Um, and I am so grateful that um, that I went through what I did um, because it got me in touch with my higher power. Um, and it wasn't easy and it was a mess. Um, but that's why I'm so thankful for this program and for everybody on the line because if I hadn't gone through that mess, um, if I hadn't gone through that calamity and came out on the other end, um, I don't think I would know God. Um, so, Time, um, yep, with that, I pass. And thank you. Oh, thank you, Roseanne. Thank you so much. Suji, you're up next, and then Gina R. Good morning. This is Suji from Michigan, um, recovered by the grace of God. You know, I was thinking when, you know, we can see miracles. Bill saw a miracle in Abby. Um, so, but to try to explain them, to try to explain God, we can't. It's a mystery. So, you know, um, I gave up trying to understand God. Uh, instead, I just accept um, that He is who He is and that He proves Himself to me by the gifts he gives me, how he brings me through things that I never thought were possible. And uh, I can see why people would just smile um, when they say, well, God made it possible. Because it is hard to explain God. We we can't. Um, If we could, we'd be God. So... um, It says, for faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. The miraculous demonstrations. Um, that's how we just know that we know that we know that we know. And that's a phrase that I use over and over because I can't prove anything. But I can reach out. And I can ask God to prove himself to me or show himself to me by his demonstrations to me. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Suji. Jim R., you're up next, followed by Elizabeth. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Colorado. When I first came into the rooms through the AA doors, um, I heard lots of slogans and um, it seemed trite, but it seemed to be working for people. And I Gina, we seem to have lost you. Can you please check your phone or press star one? Gina? Okay, perhaps we'll move on to Elizabeth and see if Gina is able to get back on the line. Elizabeth? Can you hear me? Gina? Is this Gina? No, no, this is Elizabeth. Gina's here. Uh, Sorry. 
Okay, Gina's back. Elizabeth, I'm so sorry. Um, That's okay. Okay, <laughs> great. So, Gina, please, please, uh, please pick up where you were. Thank you. So, I was saying that um, I heard all these slogans, and they seem trite, but they seem to be working for people. But I, I, I'm realizing now I I, I wasn't doing. Um, my lifting, um, you hear some of the fellows say, you know, picking up your wood and doing the work every day and then leaving the results to your higher power. I was, I was caught up in my own mind of what I thought I needed to be doing. Um, after working the steps through the close study uh, in this particular program in the big book, um, I, I'm seeing a difference now. And as it relates to um, this chapter here, we, yeah, we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world, people who rose above their problems. For a long time, I thought these people were just um, like ostriches, sticking their head in the sand and ignoring their problems. And I felt that it was my job to continue to point out what the problems were around them. What I didn't know was I was the problem. And I heard later after coming back into the rooms after many, many years in the AA rooms that if I'm not the problem, there is no solution. That is what I understand today. And that is what I have faith in my higher power in. When I say the sixth and seventh steps and say those prayers that God would, that I would be willing to have God remove all these defects of character and that I humbly asked for that to happen I need to have faith and know that it's actually going to happen and I'm here to say that it's happening Um, and if you're new on the line and you're struggling with either the food or if you've gotten beyond the food and you are now um, stuck in the cycle of your own thinking there is relief there is recovery you've just got to muster up the kind of faith that is makes sense for you to um, just engage this and I'm so very grateful that I can reach out to a fellow and share that character defect that is causing me pain and I was able to do that just a few minutes ago and now I know what to do for the rest of my day and I can eat my abstinent food and take the next right action and live the life that my higher power wants me to good and bad. Thank you so much. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Gina R. I'm glad you were able to get back in. Elizabeth, well, may we please have the first initial of your last name before hi. you share? Yes. Um, hi, this is Elizabeth Dowdy, recovered in Cincinnati, Ohio. I. Uh, it's funny, the whole chapter on We Agnostics just kind of left me baffled when I first got here because, of course, I felt that I had market corner market on God you know I'd been in church my whole life I thought I had a higher power and I did but the the reality was is I was I had a deep faith I had no dependence and um and as a result um I was also unable to use my reason um although I thought I was so I was a little confused about what reason actually means and so um, over the years, I've pondered this section in the book and realized since I've recovered, I've realized that being recovered, having the obsession lifted, restores my ability to use my reason. I wasn't able to use it. Um, when I, I, I am astounded today, day in and day out, um, I know I'm not cured from compulsive eating, but, you know, as the big book says in, in the foreword, we can have permanent recovery. I am astounded that day after day after day after day, um, I, I enjoy this permanent recovery. And that when the thoughts come that remind me that I am a compulsive eater, I don't eat compulsively, but when the thoughts come that remind me um, that I am, like, oh, wow, I wonder about that or whatever the thought might be, my reason kicks in and laughs and says, no, 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 no. We don't do that anymore. You're not going to do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't access that when I was um, eating compulsively before the obsession was lifted. So 
um, I am just so delighted to have had my reason restored to me. Um, I don't know how I even exercised it enough to get here. Um, I guess it was just plain desperation. But I'm so grateful today that I can use it um, and use it for good, you know, and make good decisions. I don't, um, I mean, I have thoughts of, you know, ripping someone's face off when they really make me mad. But my reason kicks in and, and I, can, I, I can have the pause it talks about in step 11. And I can refrain from um, most of the time needing to make an amends. So uh, I love that um, we really do get to become complete whole people. You know, I don't have to live in a state of handicap for the rest of my life. Um, I can be recovered, past tense. Not recovering as in continuing to heal from the flu, but recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Elizabeth D. Ashley, you're up next, followed by Ross, and I'll ask you each to share the first initial of your last name before you share. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in California. Can you hear me? I can. Is that T as in Tom? No, it's P as in Peter. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a really huge paragraph. I can understand um, why Mary was a bit nervous to read it. Um, so this makes me um, think about the fact that in, in relapse, I, I claimed myself to to be an atheist, and I was pretty resolute that um, – there is no God and there is just a, a ton of meaningless suffering. Um, and the the truth beneath that was that I, I firmly believed in God. I, I just didn't believe anymore that God believed in me. Um, and a year later, actually almost a year, exactly a year later, um, celebrating um, my, my year yesterday, um, God is essential concept of my life and the most important or what really stands out to me is the sentence um that uh is the fundamental in every man woman and child is the fundamental idea of god because i believe that we're all born with faith and we're all born with a very close relationship with god and then life kind of moves us away from that and and we forget it or we abandon it or we're so hurt that we just we just turn our backs um i know that's what happened to me and what this book has done for me what the steps do for me is that they teach me to come back to my higher power um to come back to faith and what it's really felt like is a homecoming almost like my whole life I was lost and and um and that I'm I'm just being redirected to who I always was. Um so uh I also like that um it it helps me see that all of these things that happened in my life I, I get a real different perspective on them. Um that you know, the facts still remain the facts. I still had um, a terrible eating disorder and um, there's still a lot of suffering and um, there's still a lot that goes on in the world that I don't understand. But I'm I'm able to look at those things differently. Like I can actually say I'm grateful for my eating disorder today um, because it, it helped me to believe in, in God again. And I believe that kindness and service mm. are more important than being thin. Um, and that doesn't mean that I don't still think about how my brain doesn't get crazy with, with thoughts about um, what my body looks like and all of this and all of that. But um, my priorities are Time different. Please. So um, I, it brings me back to that this is fundamentally a, a disease of perspective. Um, and and the concept of God changes that perspective. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley P. Roz, if you could share your first initial of your last name, please, and then you'll be followed by Wendy M. Good morning. This is Roz G. G is in good. 
Thank you. Okay. Good morning, Roz G. I'm a com- recovered compulsive overeater from Los Angeles County. And what I see here for myself, and this is only my, you know, me, my experience is a synthesis of powerlessness, believing in God, and selfishness and acceptance. So it says here, actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. God is written on the name. God's name is written on the name of every man, on the heart of every man. But there's a lot of us that have prejudice against God obscured by calamity. Okay? So for me, there's some calamities that I don't understand. I teach world history occasionally, and I have to go through periods of history that are terrible, one of them being the Holocaust. Why did God allow the Holocaust? And then for me personally, why did God allow my parents to get divorced? Why did God allow my mom to turn to alcohol as a result of that divorce? Why did God allow my dad to find a new wife and a stepchild? and a grand stepchild that he's given more of his life to than he gave to me or my kids. Why did I get divorced? Why did I have to raise my kids as a single mom for 13 years? Why did, was I homeless for a month with three kids, having to stay with a friend, which I'm very grateful for today? Why did I have to get pissed off at God for these things? Why, did I, why don't I have a, a boyfriend? Why don't I have a good marriage? To me, those are things that could obscure me from a relationship with a loving God. But all of those things which showed up in my fourth and fifth step block me from the sunlight of the spirit. What was my choice to be? There either is a God or is into God. Am I going to trust in my finite self and all that crap or in an infinite God? What was my choice to be? To continue being resentful, questioning, selfish, self-centered, or to forgive and admit powerlessness and come to a, a way of sane thinking so that I could be relieved and, like it says here, have spiritual liberation. So all that crap that I mentioned is stuff that I shared in my fourth and fifth step on a more private level, of course, not at a meeting level. And then God showed me my character defects. So as I live in this world, I don't have to persecute people. I don't have to divorce people. I don't have to put other people's kids ahead of my own. I don't have to practice those behaviors. Thank you. When I'll just end up by saying that I'm so grateful that God has shown me how to forgive, be liberated, and be abstinent from alcoholic foods. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Roz G. Wendy M., you're next, please. Yes, good morning. It's Wendy M., recovered in Colorado. Hello to everybody, and thank you for being on the line. Um, So what pops out at me is miraculous demonstration of that power. Um, And I looked up the word miracle and it says surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by nature and scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency wow and that's what this these paragraphs are saying and one of the great miracles for me this morning is that i understand the paragraph to the extent that i did a year ago i I wouldn't have even known what we're reading about um and I, um, I just want to focus on miracles. So uh, before coming into program, and frankly, before um, doing this Vision for You Big Book study, I believed in reason. I believed in myself. I believed in control, resentment, fear. I believed in the food. Um, I definitely believed in control. And, uh, and you know what? I didn't even know that that's what I was believing in. You know, you're swimming in it. You don't even know. And you don't know what you don't know. And it, it turns out that the first miracle, and I, I always forget this one, is that I'm not in the food. Um, it'll almost be a year and a couple of weeks 
that I'm not in the food, that I'm neutral with food. I have never had this experience in all of my life, and I was in OA for 16 years. Um, so I've had an entire psychic change as the result of that. Um, you know. And then I was just, I really want to share this, especially for the newcomer or someone struggling, that I've had so much freedom and liberation um, and so many miracles in the past week. Um, I was with 41 of my relatives at a business meeting. So you combine family with business. And that usually meant resentment and fear for me. And that all melted away. My jealousy melted away. My fear of some of these uh, cousins melted away. I went in with an open mind and a loving heart. Um, And unbelievable things. It all melted away. It was one big love fest. 41 people, that's a lot of people to love. And I had no resentments during the weekend. I didn't have any fears. Um, my older siblings always get really tight and love each other, and I get really jealous and angry. And this time I said, oh, that's such a beautiful thing that they, how much they love each other. How lovely is that? You know, and my younger sister spent a lot of time with my mom. Boy, that would have been a resentment. And it wasn't, it was how beautiful is that, that they get to love each other and be together. This is not me. This is God. And I always say, I don't know if I believe in God. I secretly, I do believe in God, but I experience God constantly, constantly. I experience God. God works through me all the time, you know, and another part of the freedom is That's that my time, free, please. Yes. Time. Okay, great. Thank you so much for letting me be of service. I'll pass. Thank you, Wendy M. So we'll open up the line again for some more shares. Would anybody like to comment what we read? Just as a reminder, we're on page 54, and we started with the second paragraph. We read four paragraphs. Um, We started with Imagine Life Without Faith and finished up with Our Facts as Old as Time as Man Himself. Janice Would anybody? Reggie O. Sherry KB. Leslie W. Okay, and perhaps one more I think we might have time for. Reggie O. I've got Janice M., Reggie O., Sherry KB., Leslie W., and one more perhaps. Well, let's go with that for now, and we'll start with you, Janice M., followed by Reggie O., please. Well, good morning to you, Elaine B., and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. I just have to remind myself and anybody that's new, this is um, having us look at, we're just coming into these steps. And this is step two. We know it's not, can you hear me? Yes, Janice, we hear you fine. Yeah, okay, I heard somebody. Okay, Um, we came to, I'm going to read what the step says. Came to believe that a power didn't mention who, the name, it's just had a power, greater than ourselves could, could restore us to sanity. It doesn't mean that at this step, this is what's going to happen to me, because I came in with a faith and a certain type of higher power, and then I lost it, and so I didn't have any. But when I came in here, I found I came, you know, I came to um, OA because I felt I was powerless. I knew I was powerless because I tried everything. Now it says came to, that means perhaps that's promise, that I am going to come to believe. It doesn't tell me I have to believe now. You know, if I'm willing to believe, I believe that's the beginning. Be willing, but you say, well, I'm not willing to believe because I believed before and nothing happened. Well, pray to have the willingness to be willing to believe because that's the key before we can have faith. If I don't have willingness to do something, I'm not going to do it. It's just, I'm just not going to do it, but I'm going to trust this process. What's the process? The process is going to be the promise of the solution through these 12 steps. So, you know, it's like, so I came with my body to to OA. Then I started waking up from anesthesia. I'm coming too because I'm hearing testimony. I'm seeing people recover it. It's actual testimony of what happened to them. It's like waking up after an operation. I'm coming too. And then I'm going to make a decision. 
to go through these steps. And you know what? I don't even have to trudge. I don't have to go. I mean, I'm going to search diligently through these steps and this fourth step to unblock, to find the blocks, the barriers that have been stopping me, me, my own self-will. That's all it is, is my self-will of what I think, of what I should do, on how I'm going to do it. So when I've exhausted all kinds of methods on how to find this power, uh, because that's my problem, lack of power. Do I need a power or do I not need a power? I mean, it's so simple. It's not talking about understanding who this power is because you won't understand it. At least I didn't until I went through these actions. And that's what... uh, what brought me to, you know, to change. And that's all this is because I needed a power greater than myself and it couldn't be me. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Reggie O., followed by Sherry K.B., please. Hi, good morning, Elaine. Thank you so much for your service. This is Reggie O., very gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. And uh, now imagine life without faith, you know, and this morning reading this and hearing people, I... uh, it's like that's really hard to imagine and I don't want to imagine it because uh, my reason actually got me nowhere when I was in the throes of the uh, compulsive eating. Um, When I was with the allergy craving, when I was with the mental obsession, uh, there was no amount of reason that ever came in or that it could ever get me out of it, nor when I wasn't in, in either of those places was there any reason that would any reason, amount of reason that would give me a way that it wouldn't happen again. So this going back to faith, uh, you know, I, I really believe that faith is um, is a gift, a spiritual gift that we have. And I think the last paragraph speaks to that. And, you know, in the, and being in faith, having that faith is, is actually an experience. It's not so much something that I see as something that I experience. And that's where reason is missing. You know, reason I try to figure things out and, uh, and figuring it out never worked for me, you know, when it came to this, this ease and many other things, actually. Uh, but I love that, um, you know, deep down in everyone is the fundamental idea of God. And faith in a power greater than ourselves, you know, has been... Uh, is written, you know, in in history in certain ways, you know, miraculous demonstrations where uh, it wasn't something that reason brought about, but it was something that faith brought about and no amount of reason could really explain. And, you know, when I think about how differently I feel today, and when I think about even a shift or an, in, uh, uh, an insight that I was able to shift through working the steps in the past couple of days, amazing. But first to realize it was amazing and then to go through the work of the, you know, the 11th step in prayer and feel like it lifted, which I was writing about this morning, is really, is really amazing. I mean, that is a miracle. That's something that I, I couldn't have done on my own, and that's something, anyway, it's, it is just miraculous. Um, Spiritual release, you know, another kind of flight. Spiritual release, not anything that was human, you know, not not a diet, not a caloric count, not a something I would change in my lifestyle, but a spiritual release, which then has changed my life and has changed a lot of the way I live and a lot of the way I do it. And I know it's a continual process that it will, you know, that it will continue. Uh, so I'm just really grateful for. Uh, I'm really grateful to uh, rely on faith, you know, and faith at first is simply seeing what has happened to other people and listen and being willing to listen and have an open mind and then starting to experience through working the steps that, uh, yeah, there's a reason for that. You know, there is a reason for that faith. There is a power greater than myself. And I get to experience that and have that work in my life and remove this uh, obsession compulsion. Thank you so much. Thank you, Reggio. Sherry KB, followed by Leslie W., please. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Great for recovered, compulsive eye reader. Thank you for your service, Elaine, and everyone on the line. Um, so here it is. We're talking about reason again, and it's telling us that reason isn't everything. And um, as we use it, it isn't, it isn't always entirely dependable. And And what I love here is, you know, we've got two things here going that says, for deep down in every man and woman and child, there's the fundamental idea of God. And then 
we found the great reality deep down within us, and great reality. So I'd rather have the reality than have the reason, um, because that is, for me, um, since I've been doing this work, I have seen a reality of, of a higher power in my life today that I wasn't uh, inviting in before because of my reason, because my reasoning it out um, with everything and my belief um, and when I started seeing the deep reality inside of me working these steps and seeing myself get unblocked and getting connected with a power greater than myself and relying on that power, and um, it's turned my life around. It really has. So I love the great reality deep down within me. Um, and then also the when it says the idea of God, so it's telling me I can have, again, it reminds us that I can have my own conception of God. You don't have to tell me what kind of conception I have. I get to come up with that all by myself. So that gives me a lot of freedom, um, whereas before in places I've been, you know, someone was always pushing their idea of God onto me, and it was such a turnoff. And here we're saying we're not, we're not pushing the idea of our, our higher power onto you. We're just telling you to find one so you can get in here and work the steps and, and get free of your compulsion and have the – liberation of freedom from your disease and from, for me, a liberation from my disease as well as the disease um, of my mental obsession, which has a lot to do with fear, doubt, insecurity, restless, irritable, and discontent. Um, It's telling me that if I do this work, that's what's going to happen is I'm going to get a liberation, a spiritual liberation from the world clamors um, and my own personal clamors, not just the clamors out in the world that I don't like or the calamities that I see, um, but it's talking about the calamities also deep inside of me that um, have been running me, uh, that I no longer have running me one day at a time because I have a spiritual toolkit uh, due to working these steps and being connected with a power greater than myself that helps me to do uh, take away those worldly clamors and those uh, calamities that go on even inside of myself. Um, so I'm so grateful, and, and it does take willingness. Um, it's asking for you to be willing. Um, and sometimes, you know, there's times that I have to pray for the willingness to be willing, but it's there, and I know that my higher power meets me there. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Leslie W., you're up next. Thanks for letting me share. This is Leslie W., a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And I like the part about miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives. Because I know that the fact that I can live today free from the obsession of food is a miraculous power. Uh, Excuse me, is a miraculous demonstration of what my God does for me every single day. And I remember when I first came into the rooms and I heard people say, um, HP, um, you know, uh, come up with your own conception of God. I'm like, what is this, rent a God? This is, not, this is not what I was taught. This is not what I was brought up to believe. I was brought up to believe um, in the God of the Bible. I was brought up to believe that God doesn't change. And while I still believe in those things, there was, I, I could not deny the fact that there was a disconnect between me and God. I could not deny the fact that even though I professed to be a Christian, I was living as an agnostic. Um, I was a hypocrite. At least an agnostic, who, at least one who professes to be an agnostic is at least honest about their beliefs. I couldn't even be honest about that because what I felt was different from what I told people. The way I believed and the way I, I lived out that belief in my daily life was not, congru- not congruent with, with um, what I, the image that I projected to other people. And I couldn't deny that anymore. I, couldn't, I could not uh, live a double life anymore. And I'm glad that I came to these rooms because it forced me to think differently about my faith. It forced me to think differently about the God I grew up with, the God that other people, you know, I had, I had to really look in and challenge what I was, I was brought up to believe. And I had to change that, you know, I had to really kind of change my 
belief system in certain ways. Um, and, you know, I go to church today. I live out my, but I, the difference is today being a recovered woman as to before. Um, I don't, you know, there's, there's no pretending. Um, I still feel sometimes a disconnect between my program life and I don't know if you want to call it my church life, mom life, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I'm, I'm just constantly looking for ways to intertwine and interconnect um, those parts of myself because living a life that living a lie doesn't work for me anymore. I, ha- I have to be honest with myself. I have to be honest with the people around me as much as possible, as much as, as much as I can be. And uh, I appreciate you letting me share. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Leslie W. And thank you to everybody who has shared so many great shares today. We'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sherry KB please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you 